Welcome to Follow Your Kind Podcast, a show where we explore the meaning of kindness and how we can express it in our daily lives. My name is Christina and I'm your host. Hello everyone, welcome to another uh, episode of Follow Your Kind Podcast and Today, we are starting on a little bit of a new chapter. Before, I was focusing more on our local Atlanta heroes, Atlanta, Georgia, and now we're branching out and I will be tapping into the amazing Peapod community, the plant-based prevention of disease. Uh, people, uh, friends, and uh, family that I got to meet through a few conferences that I have attended uh, now. And today, I'm very excited to introduce to you uh, Jim or JC. And I met JC at uh, the New Mexico Albuquerque PIPA conference in 2017. And uh, you and your beautiful wife just made me feel so welcomed. Um, and it was just such a pleasure meeting you. And by the time I was leaving the conference, I truly, truly felt like I got so close to you. And uh, I was a part of your family. So I'm very much thank you for that. And I'm very excited to have you on the show today. Hi, Jim. <laughs> Hi, Tina. We loved having you uh, with joining us here in Santa Fe. And uh, we look forward to more visits. I know. I can't wait. I, I will definitely have to come back and, and visit more and uh, go hiking in the mountains. The, the sunset, yes. the pictures that you post are amazing. <laughs> oh, that's our, um, on Bring It On Down to Veganville Facebook page. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I am the follower. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. And do you prefer Jim or JC? I know we met as JC at the conference, but you go on Facebook by Jim. I go by all different names, but JC's fine. JC. Okay, great. Well, we'll go with JC. All right, JC. Well, uh, I know that um, on our drive from uh, New Mexico, Albuquerque to Santa Fe, um, you, I got to know you a little better. And uh, I, I was just really inspired. I remember what stood out for me was just uh, the way that you from so such a compassionate perspective shared your point of view and kind of your journey on um, finding the plant-based and vegan lifestyle. And I remember one thing that really stood out for me and what I took for myself was that uh, that what you were hoping to achieve through the work that you do and that the, the message that stood out for me was the alleviating of, of suffering and that the, the goal of um, a lot of the work that you were doing was specifically to, to make sure that there's less suffering that there exists today. Would you speak a little bit more on that? Well, certainly. Um, you know, I, I came to this whole work, and I, I consider it my uh, life's uh, joyful work. Uh, I came to it through the environment. And, um, but as I have, over the years, I've, I've actually progressed in my thinking around it all. And although the environment is hugely important, and this is one of the major causes of species, you know, animal agriculture is one of the major causes of species extinction, of water use, water consumption, water pollution, uh, habitat destruction, and it's a big contributor to climate change. So, I mean, this is a huge factor. But 
um, my thinking now is more about uh, preventing uh, as much cruelty as we possibly can in this world, and that is by not raising animals for food because any animal that is not brought into this world to be end up processed for food is one less life that suffers. So uh, mm -hmm. that's kind of where I'm coming from now. Yeah, it, it brings so much clarity and it, yeah, it just brings so much clarity to, to what the issue looks like for us today and how, how we can really make a difference with, with the, our everyday decisions. But let's take it, step it back just a second. And could you tell us uh, your, uh, where, how did the transition happen for you? Did you born uh, and were, were you always uh, that way? Were you always concerned about the environment or was there a point where your eyes kind of opened and the curtain fell down and you realized how big of the impact this industry was making? on the environment? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I was a strong environmentalist and I, to date myself, I was uh, involved in the first Earth Day, which was April 22nd, 1970. That was the uh, first Earth Day? That was the first Earth Day. Oh my God, and, uh, that's good to know. Yes, yeah, so I, I, I was a huge environmentalist uh, throughout the 70s and 80s. Uh, and it wasn't until late 80s that I actually found out what the connection was between the environment and uh, animal agriculture and what we decide to eat or not eat. Mm -hmm. uh, I went back to school to get my uh, bachelor's degree in the uh, late 80s. And um, one, of the class, or one of the classes I took was an environmental class. And in the back of the textbook was an organization called EarthSave. And I go, oh my gosh, I'd never even heard of it. So I wrote to them and uh, you know, requested some information. And what they sent back to me just blew me away. I just was shocked because for almost 20 years, I'd been supporting all these environmental organizations with my money. And they, they had not actually taken the time to educate me about my um, uh, you know, decision, what foods to eat and, mm -hmm. and how that impacts the environment. And what I discovered was that probably the biggest, the single most important thing that I could do for the environment was to switch to a plant-based diet. So I thought to myself, well, all right, now I'm going to look into the health aspects of it uh, because, you know, I'd been an environmentalist for 20 years and, and I knew that there was a lot of corruption in government, but I didn't realize that it was was in all different areas of government, including the uh, United States Department of Agriculture. And, you know, all of these different uh, uh, companies like uh, organizations like the Cattlemen's Association, the uh, uh, egg industry, all of these different ones had a huge amount of influence over what uh, information came out of the USDA. So once I discovered that, and once I discovered that was actually healthier to eat plant-based uh, foods, in fact, far healthier. I just made the switch uh, in the late uh, 80s. I think it was 88. So it's been 30 years now that I've been uh, vegan and I've Still never alive. looked back. <laughs> it's been one of the best decisions I ever made in my life. Yeah. Wow. What was it? What was the the fact maybe i don't know if you remember or what was uh, what was the information that wasn't the brochure that really put things into perspective for you and made an impact <laughs> it's funny um 
it's a, it was a, a booklet that call, it was called uh, How to Win an Argument with a Meat Eater. And based on the research that everybody's done now, you know, that's not the direction that you want to come at people. But for me, mm-hmm. it was so eye-opening. Uh, and I just, I, I, you know, the, the contributions of animal agriculture to our environmental problems, uh, it's just huge. We've got, uh, you know, it's a leading cause of species extinction around the planet. It's, it's just enormous. Uh, and so much wildlife is, and habitat is being destroyed just to raise uh, animals for food. And that's just totally unnecessary. It is. So that's where I really, you know, it was just, it was just a, a no-brainer for me once I got, to, got the information. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to play devil's advocate just because I, I hear this so much and I would like to ask you a question or maybe see if how you respond to this question if you get asked this. So from the people who are doubters who say, well, you know, in the global warming or it's just a, you know, it's a conspiracy theory. We can have that kind of impact on the environment or for people who, who fail to see the direct correlation between the animal agriculture and the environmental impact that it has how do you how do you how do you explain this to people why do you think this cognitive dissonance uh, exists today well the science is very clear uh, despite the current administration's uh, denial around all of this um, the scientists around the world are you know, 98% of them, and grow, and, the nap, and that number is growing, uh, realize that what we're doing to this planet is uh, devastating to uh, not only our, our own future, but, you know, uh, the habitability of the planet for many creatures around the world. So it's, uh, it's just really, you just have to do a little bit of re- reading and uh, quit, quit listening to these conspiracy theorists uh, it's all, it is happening. The, the experts around the world say that global warming is real and it's happening and we need to uh, address it. Mm-hmm. It's just baffling to me that, you know, livestock's long shadow came out how many years ago, how long ago? Ten years and ago now. Exactly. Yeah. We should celebrate the an anniversary. And it is, and still today, people a lot of people just don't have the the basic knowledge or i don't know the 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 appropriate framework of how much of the impact it really makes and how much of a difference it really makes i don't know yes it's just crazy. Um, okay, so let's transition now. So you changed your, you went, uh, you made a decision, you went vegan 30 years ago, uh, initially for the reasons of uh, the environment preservation. How then from, uh, how then that motivation uh, changed for you? How did it go from uh, not focusing as much on the environment to focusing more on uh, alleviating suffering and preventing cruelty? Well, uh, at the time when uh, I made this decision, I was uh, doing programs on behalf of the Sierra Club. Uh, I was actually going into colleges and universities and promoting uh, the Sierra Club, uh, doing a program based on you know the environmental uh, aspects of things. And then when I went back to school and discovered what the truth was, I realized that all of these major organizations – had betray, are, were really betraying me and the and the public. 
because uh, these were, you know, people, conservationists are, um, you know, they're passionate people. They're educated people in many cases. And these environmental organizations were not educating them. I just really felt betrayed by them. And I'd been supporting probably a couple of dozen uh, organizations. And I just turned my back to that altogether because uh, I knew there was lots of avenues for me to go, not only the environment, but health, um, world uh, hunger issues. Um, so there was just many ways that I could, uh, many avenues that I could address uh, this whole, these, all of these problems at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, okay. And uh, another thing that stands out for me, and I know I mentioned to you kind of before we started recording this, uh, is the emphasis on the community. And I know, uh, I mean, it was obvious for me even when we were visiting and when we went to that amazing restaurant, all vegan restaurant that's uh, started and operated by a monk, uh, which was amazing. And everybody, everybody knows you, everybody recognizes you there. And just the work that you do around organizing the uh, cooking demonstrations, the vegan cooking demonstrations, and the way that you, you are connected and active in the community, I think it really makes a big difference. Will you, would you talk a little bit about um, the work that you do within your community to kind of help the education and, and spread the message? Sure. Uh one of the first things that we always do is uh, start a community because most people feel disconnected, uh, especially when it comes to our, our food choices. Uh, vegans, you know, they're ostracized in many cases. And uh, so what we want to do is start a community. And we started a, a meetup group, and it's now over a 1,000 members here in Santa Fe. Wow. Uh, How old is it? Pardon? How old? When did you start it? How, how long ago? We, we started it um, in 2011. So it's been going for seven years now. Mm -hmm. And awesome. we've got over a thousand members and we're growing all the time, uh, adding new members. We also have a great Facebook page, uh, Santa Fe Vegan Facebook page, which uh, has a lot of members. Uh, and we do cooking demos and we invite the public. So we use... Uh, uh, like, for instance, we'll use Craigslist to publicize those events. We'll also uh, publicize it on some Facebook pages. We'll also publicize it on uh, Nextdoor, which is a, a great um, a website where you can communicate with neighbors in your area. So we always are promoting it not to just other vegans or vegan you know, wannabes that uh, have connected to us, but we're reaching out into the greater community. And we're offering free cooking demos at uh, a local spa here called uh, Body of Santa Fe. And we do that once a month. Uh, we also do dine-outs uh, about once a month and uh, lectures and films and things like that. So we're constantly reaching out. And then Ray and I are kind of prolific uh, letter writers. Uh, writing letters to the editor is a great way to get your point across. and. Uh, educate tens of thousands of people. So we're busy writing all the time. That's great. <laughs> so we're always. Mm -hmm. 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I was just excited that you mentioned the, the letter writing because that was going to be my next question. I remember you mentioning that as well. And uh, so mm -hmm. I was going to ask uh, just uh, for your suggestions on any kind of ways, effective ways to be active in, in the community uh, in order to, you know, support others who uh, may be uh, venturing out on, uh, on the same journey, uh, supporting them and also educating the public and, and your peers uh, on the issues that you're passionate about. So you would say writing letters to the editors and what are some of the other things that people can do? Well, let me uh, let me uh, promote our book for if you don't mind. Please do. It's, you can get this our book uh, on plantpeacedaily.org, our our uh, website. Uh, you can get a free PDF download. It's only 104 pages, and it's very large type. But it's uh, how you people can do outreach, uh, whether you're wealthy or poor or introverted or extroverted, uh, whatever per kind of a person you are and whatever kind of activism, there's always something that you can be doing. Uh, and our book outlines several ways that you can do that kind of thing. Uh, it's also available as an audio book. Uh, a great uh, friend of ours uh, did the audio version of it and uh, it's wonderful. And it's also available on Kindle uh, for either 99 cents or free, depending upon when you get it. Uh, and it's also um, available as a hard, I mean, not hardcover, softcover book uh, that you can get through Amazon. So there's many ways that you can take a look at it and read it and uh, get lots of great ideas on how to do outreach. In fact, we, Ray and I went down to Albuquerque last night and did a, uh, an activist workshop. And we covered all of the different things that we've learned over the course of many years on how to do effective outreach. Wow, this is amazing. I'll make sure to include the link uh, in the uh, podcast notes for sure. And this, oh, is such a, this is such a great resource. I'm so excited. And were you, uh, were you and Ray the, author, the authors for this? We are the authors of the book. We have been doing workshops at uh, various uh, veg fests and uh, going around the country doing this workshop. And we finally said, well, we've, got, we've got to put this into a book form so that people can use this resource and and when they're ready to do outreach, and I hope that's right now, uh, that they'll have um, some ideas that they can work on. And we've gotten some great feedback from people, uh, and they've uh, presented some great uh, ideas as well. And that's, uh, we made a Facebook page called uh, Plant Peace Daily Everyday Outreach for People Who Care. Mm -hmm. And people have posted their ideas on that Facebook page. So it's it's a, a it's a free resource, and uh, if you want to get the book, you can actually buy the book, but you don't need to do that. We just want people doing these active activities. Oh, I so wish you lived closer. I would so love to bring you in for for the uh, training workshop. Maybe maybe sometime. Maybe maybe once if you're somewhere on the uh, east coast, or maybe once I get rich, I'll fly you down here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we would love to do that. Either one amazing. of us. Yes. Oh, that would be so great. Uh, what are some of the, uh, I don't know if you have uh, maybe a story or a person that stands out that you can think of um, right away about uh, who was maybe changed or really impacted by some of the workshops that you've done, either with the uh, peace, uh, Plant Peace Daily outreach or maybe with the, some of the efforts within the community that you do? Is there a, maybe a story of, that you can share about? 
Yeah, actually, there's a really great story. Um, and we actually, we cover this in our book, but I'll, I'll share it with your uh, listeners. Uh, when we lived in Athens, Georgia, we, we, we lived there, we built a house and lived there for a couple of years, and we realized that it was just not quite our scene, but we have wonderful, uh, great vegan friends who uh, live there now. But uh, So one of the ideas that I came up with was putting together a, a vegan uh, starter kit. And uh, I just get an eight, eight, uh, nine-inch nine by 12-inch manila envelope, and I'd stuff it with uh, old magazines, um, some literature from Vegan Outreach or some other organizations. Uh, I would also put in uh, those free DVDs that you can get through from PETA or from Mercy for Animals or something like that. I just put in recipes sometimes, stuff it in there, and then I'd offer it on either FreeCycle or Craigslist. And so people would see this on FreeCycle, a free vegetarian or vegan starter kit, and they would come and pick it up. And one person who came, uh, she called and she says, I, I'm going to come back by uh, and pick this up. And when she came by, she said, I'm, I'm kind of in a hurry, but I wanted to let you know that I had actually seen a bumper sticker on a truck uh, that was in front of me, and it said, Peace begins in the kitchen. Go vegan. And she says, I kind of thought it was corny, but I thought, you know, that's, um, uh, it got me thinking. And when I saw this uh, free uh, vegan starter kit on uh, FreeCycle, I said, oh, I've got to take this. And so she came, she picked it up and she says, I don't know whether or not I'm going to go through with this, but thank you so much. And she ran off. And uh, Ray and I laughed because uh, the truck that she was behind that had the bumper sticker was ours. <laughs> but anyway, she ended up going vegan and she started writing for the co-op. And uh, she wrote a, she had a, um, a column called Vegan Mama Con and she had a daughter and she, she and her whole family went vegan and she started writing for the uh, co-op newsletter of, about vegan things. So here we had, you know, touched her twice in two different ways, started her down the path. And, you know, it was just so wonderful. I, I'm still in communication with her. I love it. This, this, this was 10 years story. ago. Wow. And I can only imagine how many people she impacted through her work as well. Exactly. You know what we call them? We call them vegan beacons. We like to get them started. You know, we try, we consider ourselves a vegan beacon, but if the more vegan beacons we can get started out in the world, the better chance we have of reaching tens and thousands and millions of people. This is so cool. I love the story. Um, you know what, what I just remembered? I remember another uh, thing that you shared with me on the drive to Santa Fe that stood out for me was the, the percentage of uh, population that it took or that it takes in general in order to make a change within any kind of social oh. movement. Um, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't want to butcher it. Would you talk a little bit more about that? I'm sure <laughs> you guessed what I'm talking about. <laughs> Well, you know, there's been a lot of different social change uh, over the course of, you know, the last 150 years. Look, you know, slavery was outlawed back in uh, 1865, although it really didn't take hold until the uh, 1950s. But uh, uh, women's suffrage was another social issue that changed as a result. 
of uh, you know the public changing attitudes, and it wasn't huge percentages. You know, you don't have to get 51% of the public for this idea to change or ideas to be uh, incorporated into the public. You know, the vast majority of people in the world are apathetic to most issues, mm-hmm. like, for instance, slavery. Uh, it was only about 12 or 13% of the public who were outraged by slavery that the laws were changed. And so it's a very small percentage that can actually uh, enact change in the public. And, and we're, you know, we're about 6% uh, thereabouts in the United States. And in some countries, it's much larger. And it's becoming much more commonplace that vegan is accepted because it's healthier for you, better for the planet, better for the animals, uh, better for humans all around. So uh, it's, you know, it's just incredible what uh, we can do and uh, if we just set our minds to it. And, and social change happens in the country and it's happening now with uh, animal agriculture and veganism. Right. I just think it's such a powerful fact and such a powerful notion because it really, at least for me, the, the, what it did for me was change my perspective to where I just feel more empowered. I just feel my work matters more because I, I know that I don't have to get 51% or 80% of the population uh, to see the, the world the way, the way I see it. I mean, it really takes, what, 10 to, to 13% in order for that for that to start being that critical mass that that is able to really make substantial change and um, you know implement the laws or regulations that you need or just be able to incorporate the necessary education that that we have to know in order to make this this message known to the masses yes exactly and you know things are really changing very quickly you know uh, over the course of 30 years I've, I've been able to look back and see how uh, things have changed, and we've had so many uh, uh, incredible things. Like, for instance, White Castle is offering a, a vegan slider now nationwide. Taco Bell has 26 vegan certified menu items. Wendy's offers a black bean burger now. Um, and just recently, Applebee's announced that they're uh, serving the Impossible Burger, or will wow. be serving Impossible Burger all around the country. Uh, and there's so many more, like all the major ice cream makers are offering vegan ice cream now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, you know, uh, TCBY has a, has a vegan frozen yogurt. There's just so much happening around the country. Yeah, no, this is this is really, really cool to see. And it really gives me hope just to see like even and I've been a part of the movement only for several years, and I've been getting more and more engaged. But even with this this short span of time, I have been seeing so much change, like the last Peapot conference that I went to this year that Mm -hmm. was uh, in Riley, North Carolina, it was the biggest Peapot to date, I mean, they, it, it was, I thought last year was huge, but I mean, the 2017, I thought that that was a, a large conference in Albuquerque, New Mexico, but this one, it was just amazing. And, and to see all these professionals from all these different fields, I mean, yes, there was a lot of healthcare, but it wasn't just nurses or the doctors. There were people from administration, there were lawyers, there were health coaches, there were dietitians, and, and there was just regular population. And there were people who were coming in there with their arms crossed at the beginning and who were asking those difficult 
questions and those devil advocate questions. But then at the end of the day or at the end of the conference, they were all walking out with their wheels turning in their head and them, them really reconsidering their choices. So it's just so, so, so cool to see this movement. It is. It's so exciting. You know, when the, when the president of the American College of Cardiology says that you need to go vegan, then, you know, you got you to gotta sit up and listen to that kind of thing. It's amazing. Was Kim Williams, who, who's, who was uh, the president of the American College of Cardiology, was he at the Peapod conference this year? Yes, he was. And he, he gave an amazing speech and yeah, said innovations. Yes. Yes. No, it was, it was absolutely great. Um, are you attending, uh, was it the international uh, plan-based conference uh, in, uh, where was it? In San Francisco or where on the, on the West Coast? I think it's, it's in September. Or oh, I'm not quite sure. Uh, there, you know, that's what I love about what's going on now. You know, Ray and I used to think that we knew all of the vegans in the world. But now there's so many things going on that we don't even, we can't even keep track of it. There's veg fests in almost every single state now. Uh, and there's more than one in tip in most cases. Um, there's authors that I've never even heard of. There's cookbooks. There's, there's just peep. There's podcasts like yours. There's just so many things going on that we just, we couldn't even have imagined uh, 10 years ago. Not, not the, you know, uh, and 30 years ago would have been impossible to have thought of that. Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful. Um, is this, so just curious, so for you looking back like 30 years ago or 20 years ago, or 10 years ago, is, are we where you thought we would be in terms of this movement blossoming, evolving, or are we... Like, did you expect this kind of speed or this kind of um, scale that is happening today? Well, as almost any vegan will tell you, you know, things can't happen fast enough for us. Uh, We want everything to happen tomorrow. Right. And, uh, but if you look back on it in context of all the other social change movements, we are moving very quickly. so I'm very pleased with it. Uh, I think that uh, it needs to go faster, but uh, I'm happy with uh, what's happening in the world. It's, it's, a, it's a changing world. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, I definitely have a lot of hope going forward too. So it's, it's an exciting part. There's a lot. I always, I always say, and I always ask, especially uh, those who I interviewed before who work directly in, in any kind of animal activism, just because I think it's such a dilemma uh, in order for, for a person to be in that kind of work, you really have to be, uh, to be open-hearted and be able to empathize with creatures with all different sentient beings and feel their pain. But at the same time, when you're exposed and to it every single day, I mean, you are aware of so much suffering existing every day. It just seems like it can be overwhelming and almost lead to burnout. But the fact that there is so much hope, I, I think, saves them and, and myself at least a little bit from that. Well, being on the front lines like you are, you know, it's, it's very, it's difficult many times because we do uh, witness the suffering that goes on and we see what's happening in the world. Uh, and, you know, because it's our, our work, uh, we, we are um, subjected to these negative things all the time. And so you really do need to take stock 
of where we've uh, came, where we are now versus where we were. Uh, those kinds of things will help uh, keep you buoyant and, and uh, um, you know, you just really have to uh, uh, embrace the changes that have taken place. And once right. you've acknowledged those and see those, then, uh, uh, you know, you just try to keep uh, um, a smile on your face and uh, keep going forward. That's about what we, you know, all that we can do. Yeah, I like what you said about reflecting and celebrating the wins. And the good thing is we definitely have a lot of wins to celebrate today. So that definitely keeps should keep us oh, going. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, let's, let's talk about your work um, today. I know you mentioned before the Route 66 and animal protection of the New Mexico and the billboard that you have. So let's talk about that. Okay. Well, we've got a lot of things happening here in Santa Fe and Albuquerque and in New Mexico in general. Um, uh, first of all, I'll talk about our Route 66 food truck, uh, which will be opening in mid-August. And um, we're actually going to be partnering with Santa Fe Brewery, which is a huge uh, uh, company here in Santa Fe. It employs a lot of people, and uh, we're going to be partnering with them. And, and for the during the week, we're going to be the exclusive food providers for the um, uh, brewery in the wow. south end of town. Excuse me. Um, and uh, we're hoping to have a brick and mortar store within the year. So we're very pleased with this. Uh, we've got um, uh, we've got a fabulous chef who is she's trained. Uh, she's a trained chef. She's also uh, gone through the Food for Life program. Oh, uh, that's through, fabulous. Yes, she, she completed the, the Food for Life program through um, uh, PCRM, Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. And she's moving here from Florida to, to run this food truck. She and her husband, they're going to be putting together all sorts of things for us. So it's just a wonderful uh, uh, opportunity for us there. Um, we've also got, uh, we got funding for a plant-based uh, program director uh, for animal protection of New Mexico. So we've got somebody who's going to be devoted full, their full-time work is to reaching out into universities and uh, uh, industries, businesses, um, uh, and different you know, organizations to start offering plant-based nutrition or uh, foods in the, uh, uh, in their, uh, businesses and and uh and schools so that's a, that's something that's going on um i'm also by the way i'm also on the board of directors of animal protection voters which is the legislative arm of apnm animal protection of new mexico is wonderful where they've changed law uh, uh over the course of over 30 years now uh and made you know protection for animals uh, uh pretty uh uh, significant changes in the laws here in, in Santa Fe and um, New Mexico in general. And we also have this billboard that we put up. Uh, it's 10 foot by 25 feet. It's in between Santa Fe and Albuquerque and tens of thousands of commuters every single day go by it. And, you know, we're a destination city uh, for tourism. 
in Santa Fe, and a lot of them fly into Albuquerque and then drive up, and they all go by this uh, beautiful billboard that uh, has a compassionate message. It has, I'll, I'll give you an idea what it looks like. It's a, it's a guy eating a hot dog on one side and a pig that's in a pen on the other side, and it says, a moment of pleasure for a lifetime of pain. Go vegan, and then it has a <clears throat> Santa Fe vegan and and Albuquerque vegan. So these are our two uh, sister organizations. Mm -hmm. Wow, this is so powerful. We've got a lot of things going on. This is really cool. Can you, can, uh, and the, this is just so cool that your community is so engaged. That this is the, 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 something that I noted even when I was uh, there. And maybe because I, you helped me see it from through your eyes and you gave me your perspective and you told me about some of the things that were happening. But it just seems like a really caring community that really gives a damn. And they really are engaged. Do you do you know? Do, can you give uh, the listeners an example or maybe some helpful tips on whatever it is they are? How could how can they help make a difference? How can they get engaged in some of the local, be it legislation or some of the local organizations that may or may not exist? And how can they support the work similar to what you're doing, but where they are at their geographic location? Well, one of, the, one of the best things that people can do is um, get connected. And Facebook is a great way to do that. Uh, Meetup is a great way to do that. There's almost, a, there's almost surely a vegan meetup group in almost every, well, in every major city there is, and in some of the smaller cities as well. So you want to get connected with other people of like minds. Uh, and then you can brainstorm about what you can do in order to make changes. Uh, a lot of times you can, you know, there are, <coughs> excuse me, my horse, my voice is going hoarse. Um, Sorry, I'm wearing you out. <laughs> I, I'm doing much more talking than I normally do. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are uh, lots of organizations that are working on ways to pass bills to help animals. You know, your local uh, humane society or something like that is probably doing that. And one of the things that you can do is help to veganize that group. Uh, you can go to Veg Fund and get money to offer to, you know, they, a lot of these uh, uh, pet organizations uh, are offering, uh, are doing fundraisers. And you can offer to uh, provide all the food as long as there's, uh, and as long as it's all vegan and uh, have a little bit of uh, literature present. And they can save all that money that they would have spent on the food and you know presenting it and that kind of thing. You can you can help pay for it with Veg Fund, and then help you know get that vegan message into these uh, other organizations that are you know in love with animals, but you know that are just certain animals. So mm -hmm. uh, we found that that's a great way to broaden people's perspectives around animal issues. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of ways that people can get connected, but. Find your, find your people. That's the best thing to do. Find your tribe. Yeah, find your tribe. <laughs> I love it. Can you tell, uh, uh, can you tell us maybe uh, some of the resources that you think are most impactful, uh, be it either books or documentaries or maybe websites to check out from your personal experience uh, for okay. either going vegan for uh, you know, personal health reasons or environmental reasons or animal reasons? Um, 
something that stands out for you? Well, there's so many of them that are great. Um, and I've, I've mentioned Veg Fund a couple of times. Ray and I are the co-founder, one of the two of the three co-founders of uh, Veg Fund. And once again, they offer you money to do outreach. Uh, you know, so go to vegfund.org and uh, uh, do a little looking around there and, uh, you know, uh, apply for funds. Mm-hmm. There's lots of, there's so many fabulous websites out there that people can uh, promote and, you know, send people towards to, to get veganized. You know, there's free vegan starter kits. Uh, almost all the major organizations are offering them now uh, free of charge. So you can get, a, a, a you know, a hundred of them and distribute them and put them in your libraries or uh, and do, use them in your outreach. Vegan Outreach offers all sorts of great pamphlets and you can get them for free as well. So there's there's so many different ways that you can do this kind of outreach with very minimal cost. Mm-hmm. What about some of your favorite documentaries? Oh, there are so many great ones. Um, of course, Cowspiracy and What the Health. Mm-hmm. Um, Dominion is just coming out. I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard great things. Oh, I, I haven't cannot, heard about that one. Yeah, that's, uh, that's coming out very soon. Um, you know which one I'm excited about? The Game Changers. Have you seen it yet? I was just going to talk about that one. Uh, the Game Changers is coming out this fall. It's being jurored at uh, various uh, film festivals around the country right now. And the producers, well, the producer is um, James Cameron. Yes. Everyone knows James Cameron. I cannot he, believe this. Yeah, he's the, he's the producer. And the guy, I can't remember his name, but the guy who's actually the director is the same guy who directed The Cove, which mm-hmm. won an Academy Award. So these, you know, these are the two top people in film and documentaries uh, are, have come together to put together this film called The Game Changers. Uh, and I'm going to bring it to our local theater, and I'm, I've already been in contact with the manager there, and I'm going to try to put together some money uh, to fund tickets and take like $2 off for anybody who's got a gym membership. Uh, anybody who has, um, who has, uh, you know, works in the medical field. Uh, so that, you know, this will be part of the promotion and get these people in here who uh, will be affected by it. Incidentally, the game changers is about primarily about athletes, but it's also about health. Uh, so I want to get athletes in there in our local community to see that when you eat a cheeseburger and have a shake that your blood actually changes within a matter of an less than an hour and you can see the fat in the blood that they draw from from people so it's just amazing what uh, I'm, I'm really very hopeful that this is going to be a big game changer for not not only just athletes but people around the world no pun intended. I love it. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. I'm so, so excited about this movie. And I know some of my friends that I actually met uh, at the uh, Peapod uh, in New Mexico or through the people who I met there, some of the people on the West Coast, I think, saw it already. A few through some of the um, independent film screenings, as you said. And I'm so jealous. I cannot wait to watch that movie. Yes, it's it's going to be fabulous. And f- by the way, for those of you who are thinking about maybe 
having a, you know, doing a, a bringing game changers into your local community, you can work with Veg Fund to perhaps do that. And you can work in it in different ways. You know, you might want to provide some food there or have some literature or have a vegans uh, athlete come there and be a speaker after the film is shown. There's lots of different ways that, you know, you just have to brainstorm with your friends and come up with a way of uh, doing this. Right. But you definitely want to get as many people as you can in to see it at the theaters. Oh, my God. My wheels are turning so hard. I'm, I'm so excited about it. Yes, I think we have to do a screening here as well. I'm sure there are many people who are thinking about it here in Atlanta, but we'll have to connect about it. Atlanta friends, mm -hmm. reach out to me. <laughs> Let's yes, do, exactly. Do screening. And then once, you know, once it comes out and it, it's left the theaters, then you can get uh, copies of it and start showing it locally, you know, at uh, libraries or wherever it is you can find a screen and, and just invite people to come and see it. Right. And in all likelihood, it's going to end up on Netflix, too, which is going to be huge. Yes, yes, I hope so. I think there, that's some of the recent things that I've heard is the reason that it, it's been taking them a while, because I, I imagine the movie is finished, but I think they're in, in negotiation phase on how they're, what, what will be the distribution channel for actually releasing the movie. So I think that's what's taking a little longer, because I, I guess there are negotiations with Netflix among uh, other um movie screeners or platforms in order to make sure they impact the most amount of people. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. Um, okay. I cannot let you go without asking you about a story, uh, how Ray and you were rescuing dogs while being on vacation. <laughs> well, <clears throat> Ray and I love to go and, uh, spend a month in, uh, Mexico all the time or various places in Latin America, but Costa Rica or Belize or, you know, something like that. Uh, so what we try to do when we go there is get the expats together because they usually have a Facebook page and, you know, say we'd like to do a spay and neuter clinic and we need funds. And a lot of them, you know, they see these dogs suffering on the streets all the time. They'll come together and put some money together, and all we have to do is find a, a vet who's willing to do some spay and neutering, and um, or in some in many cases we'll be rescuing dogs, and we'll find uh, some outfit that's actually helping them to uh, find homes. Uh, we one one time when we were in Costa Rica, we found seven dogs. It was uh, a mother and six pups, and we found them a home. Uh, some we've actually had to bring back to the United States because there was somebody who uh, lived in the U.S. who fell in love with them, but they needed to get the uh, proper paperwork in order to bring her, bring her to the United States. And we helped them get that accomplished. And, and Ray actually took them straight to, their, uh, to Boston uh, instead of you know, our flying to Albuquerque where we normally come in. She, she changed her flight and went to Boston and took the dog there. So, <laughs> wow. Uh, so we do lots of different kinds of rescue and uh, uh, education, that kind of thing. No, that's really cool. I remember when we were sitting at dinner and Ray was telling me this story. Ray was telling me this story. <laughs> it was like, what? What does your vacation look like? <laughs> that's just, <I> just <laughs> that's our that's, vacation, right? I just think I just think it's so beautiful, and it just it just talks about it just talks so much about the kind of amazing and kind and compassionate people that you are but i think even to top that can you um give listeners an idea of what your wedding looked like and where it took place because i still remember you telling me that 
<laughs> well, um, we got married uh, ceremonially uh, uh, at the uh, veg- uh, North American Vegetarian Summerfest in 2009. Of course and, you uh, did. I love it. Howard Lyman, <laughs> who's the uh, mad cowboy, he's uh, he presided over he. Um, uh, you know, we had actually been married the year before, uh, but you know, we wanted to bring all, have all of our friends for a ceremony. So in 2009, we decided to do it at Summerfest and, uh, we had all of, uh, all of our friends. We had a, about 300 people who attended our wedding from Summerfest, wow. uh, our fa- some of our families. And, uh, so it was a wonderful wedding. Howard did a great job. Uh, Ray did a great job. She worked her butt off to put that all together. And uh, it was just a wonderful uh, occasion. And uh, we have still people contacting us all the time and say how they, how much they love the wedding and how, you know, meant how much it meant to them to see us, uh, see it done there. So this is so epic. (laughs) This is so incredible. (laughs) And just, I I mean, it really, really, really transpires that the, the way that you bring your, your, your message and your passion and your love and kindness in every single thing that you do literally i think that is that is some of my favorite parts about who you are and who you both are as as a team as a couple uh, and I, that that's why you're in the podcast that's why you're my personal hero because i really really admire the the power the conviction that you that, that you speak with and just the i don't know the honest and the human being that you are it's so great i'm so glad that i have met you and i got stuck in the car with you that on the way to santa fe (laughs) (laughs) well i'm so glad that we got stuck in the car together too (laughs) and it's wonderful speaking to you um and thank you so much for those kind words uh i i it's it's great that i have such a wonderful partner in, in ray sakura and uh uh, you know, we've got so many great friends in this community. So uh, that's part of what makes us, you know, able to, to withstand all of the ugliness that we see uh, mm-hmm. is because we have so many wonderful friends and people that, you know, are uplifting for us. Yeah. And you're included. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, before I ask my last question, uh, I wanted to ask you, so for the listeners, maybe if somebody's listening to this and they're kind of on the edge, they're maybe vegan or plant-based curious, and they kind of want to give it a shot maybe, but they're not completely sure. Maybe they have a little bit of a reservation. What would you say to them to kind of give them that last push that, that they may need in order to try this kind of lifestyle? Well, I'll tell you what, uh, I hear this uh, comment all the time uh, that, 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 you know, people that are vegan, they say, I, I love being vegan. My only regret is that I didn't do it sooner. Hmm. I hear this constantly. And you know what? It's true. Uh, it's a wonderful lifestyle. It's empowering it aligns all of your values of love, of uh, nonviolence, of compassion, of uh, uh, sustainability, of you know caring about the world and the people on it and the planet. Uh, it's just a, a beautiful lifestyle that aligns all of your true values. If you look into your heart and what your values are, it aligns them. That's what's the beauty of it. 
Yes, I love it. And I've been thinking more and more about it recently. I think my, one of my favorite parts about this lifestyle is the people. Because like anywhere you go, this is such a, like, it's such a common threat that it's like all guards go down and people just automatically love each other. Like any kind of, of get together that I've been to, either it's a Peapod conference or just a local get together with, you know, a, a humane team, humane league or um, any, any kind of anything related to uh, veganism or plant-based living and people just automatically love each other because they have this common thread and they, they, they automatically, they, they just accept each other. And I don't know, it's just a really, really cool community of people that's very helpful to each other and very, very accepting and very loving. That is so true. Uh, if, if I find out that somebody's vegan, I already know what's in their heart and you know that it's such a wonderful thing because you don't have to explain yourself right that, you know you can just embrace each other right that's a good way to put it i love it okay well my last question that i always ask my listeners is uh, goes back to the name of, of the podcast follow your kind so i would like to uh, just as a closing thought to uh, let the listeners in on what kindness means to you and how do you get to follow it in in your daily life which of course from our conversation is pretty obvious already but i'm just curious how you define it for yourself and put it in your own words so what kindness means to you and how do you get to follow it Oh, what kindness means to me. Oh, my God, goodness. I, I should have prepped up for this. Um, <laughs> uh, well, kindness means to me is, is doing the least amount of harm possible. And one of the best things that you can do to do the least harm and to show the most kindness is to change up your diet. Uh, it has such a huge impact, not only on the planet, but on... Uh, on the animals themselves uh, and on wildlife. So that's where it is for me, you know, is is because if you switch out uh, your uh, diet to a plant-based diet, you are, uh, um, you are living kind, Mm -hmm. as kind as you possibly can. Right. I, I could not agree more with you. Well, thank you so much, JC. I really appreciate your time. I really appreciate your, um, your agreeing to have this conversation with me. And I'm looking forward to seeing you and Ray sometime in the future. And please say hi to her from me. I will. And we can't wait to see you again. And thank you so much for what you're doing in the world, Tina. You know, putting together a podcast like this isn't easy. And I'm so glad that you're reaching out into the community and helping uplift people and um, helping to get good information out to uh, your listeners. And thank you so much for everything that you Thank you. Well, that's my absolute pleasure. And I definitely get inspired like, uh, from pe- by people like you are. So thank you for all you do as well, JC. We love you, Tina, and we can't wait for you to come back and visit us. And every, anyone else can come to, to Santa Fe and visit. It's a beautiful city. Check out our Facebook page. Bring it on down to Veganville. Yes, it definitely is beautiful. <laughs> I'll include that in the show notes as well. Oh. For more information, you can go to followyourkind.com or follow me on Instagram at kindchristina. Please also subscribe to the show and give me a good review. Thanks for stopping by.